Good evening and welcome to NTD News. I'm Stephanie Cox. Here are today's top stories. A deadly shooting in Southern California cast a dark shadow over Lunar New Year celebrations. Locals commemorate the 11 who were killed with flowers and candles. More are calling for a probe amid new classified documents found at President Biden's home on Friday. And Biden's chief of staff, Ron Klain, is reportedly set to step down. We bring you the updates and analysis. Democrats set the stage for a committee assignment showdown, forcing Speaker Kevin McCarthy to follow through on his promise to proactively block three Democrats from the Intelligence and Foreign Affairs Committees. And public safety and the immigration crisis. Three big city mayors sat down for an interview to talk about the main issues facing their cities. It's a somber start to the Lunar New Year for Southern California locals after a deadly shooting in Monterey Park. At a press conference just moments ago, authorities said the suspect had a limited criminal history and that the motive is still unknown. Meanwhile, people left flowers in tribute for the 11 people killed in the attack. A makeshift memorial was erected on Monday outside the Star Ballroom Dance Studio in Monterey Park, where 72-year-old Hu Can Tran opened fire before taking his own life hours later. Super tragic. It's like, I just, I was at, I was in the gym and then I saw this on the news and like I couldn't even focus. It was just, like I said, this is home to me and it really hit hard. Um, It's really sad. Officials worked into Monday trying to identify the dead. They do not have the exact ages of the victims, but said they all appeared to be over 50. Another 10 people were wounded and seven remained hospitalized as of late Sunday. Uh, Was made by the the owner of the dance studio, uh, which he invited people there to celebrate New Year in the studio. $15 per person. the time was between 8.30 to 12.30, so it's like in the middle of the celebration. You wouldn't even like think that something like this could happen. It was um, you know, a bunch of people in that part where all the tents are at, and people just crossing the street, crossing in front of Star Studio. But I've passed by this spot so many times. Like I lived around uh, San Gabriel my whole life, basically, so this definitely hit home. Tran's rampage could have been far worse. About 20 minutes after the shooting in Monterey Park, he entered another dance club in the neighboring city of Alhambra. There, two patrons wrestled a weapon away from Tran before he could get a shot out. Tran then fled. Officials said the motive for the massacre is unclear. The shooting took place around the location of a two-day Lunar New Year celebration where many downtown streets are closed for festivities that draw thousands of people from across Southern California. And another shooting took place in Louisiana early Sunday. No lives were lost, but a dozen people were injured. An attacker opened fire at a nightclub in Baton Rouge. Police said Sunday they believe it was a targeted attack and others were harmed in the process. They didn't say how many of the dozen they think were specifically targeted. Police are now asking anyone with information to come forward to prevent another incident. They say they have some leads but can't make them public at this time. So far, no arrests have been made. And earlier today, there was another shooting incident at an educational program in Des Moines, Iowa. 
Two students are dead and one employee is in serious condition, according to the local police department. Police have three suspects in custody. The ages of the victims and the suspects were not released. Police didn't say if the suspects had been charged, but they did say the incident was definitely targeted and not random. And turning now to politics. An FBI search of President Biden's home turns up even more classified documents. How the White House reacts as some Democrats now join the call for investigations. NTD's Iris Tao has more. A fourth batch of classified documents, including some from Biden's years as a senator, was found on Friday at Biden's Wilmington home. This after a 13-hour search by the FBI that the Department of Justice says was consensual. The president taking no questions when returning to the White House on Monday. His lawyers, seeking to downplay Friday's search, argue that it underscores Biden's cooperation with the special counsel's investigation. But Republicans leading their own investigations say they no longer buy the president's words. Five different locations at least. Who knows what those personal attorneys have been doing. But now this has gone from uh, just simply being irresponsible to downright scary. House Oversight Chair James Comer on Monday formally asked the Secret Service for all documents about who visited Biden's home. But the White House responded, saying it doesn't have them. And at least two Democrats, Senator Tim Kaine and Senator Joe Manchin, are joining the call for investigations. It's unbelievable how this could happen. It's totally irresponsible. And who's at fault? And they aren't alone. A new poll says about two-thirds of Americans favor investigation, with a majority of Democrats backing the idea. But the White House says it's not worried that a new findings could hurt Americans' trust in Biden. He says, I take this very seriously. He said, I didn't know what the American people. Uh, it is going to be uh, up to them to decide uh, how they see uh, this president. I'm not going to uh, go into, you know, a rabbit hole or go into details or thoughts about polls. All this as Biden's chief of staff, Ron Klain, is stepping down. But the White House on Monday wouldn't comment on the timing of the change, except for saying Klain has been a good boss. Reporting from the White House, Iris Tao, NTD News. And earlier today, I spoke with constitutional attorney and former senior advisor and counsel to President Trump, Jenna Ellis, for her analysis of the reports on Klain, the classified document story, and Klain's potential replacement. Jenna Ellis, welcome to our show. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. Now, White House Chief of Staff Ron Klain is expected to step down in the coming weeks. He's been described as the most important figure in the White House besides the president. What's your take on the timing? Yeah, well, obviously, a chief of staff is very important to the White House, but particularly in Joe Biden's situation, I think anyone in the White House is more important than him since he doesn't know where he is half the time. But the timing of this, I think, is very interesting that uh, Ron Klain is stepping down in the midst of the ongoing classified document scandal. So the timing, the scope, and uh, what they have allegedly found is very interesting here. And the fact that this is only accelerating rather than the Democrats trying to shield the from the news cycle, I think signals that the Democrats know that Joe Biden's time is up. And you said that Klain's replacement could indicate that the Democratic Party has plans to stop Biden from running again. Could you tell me more about that? 
Yeah, well, obviously, Joe Biden has said in recent weeks that he plans to announce his uh, reelection campaign for 2024. And the Democrats know that that just can't happen. I mean, not only is his approval rating absolutely tanking, but he also is not mentally competent to move forward to 2024. And they know that. And so with uh, the stepping down of uh, Ron Klain and the uh, backing off of the Democrats and even the mainstream media and the leftist media from shielding him, to me, signals that they may uh, be looking at using this document scandal to t actually take out Biden or suggest to him that he cannot run in 2024. So my read on this is that this isn't just that they are uh, trying to be you know, very equal with uh, the Department of Justice looking at everything equally, but they're actually doing this because of the timing specifically to take down Joe Biden. And you've said that you think rendering Biden unable to run again is a stepping stone to taking down Trump. Why is that? Yeah, so, uh, you know, if Joe Biden has to, through the Department of Justice, enters into an agreement or uh, any other, uh, whether it's prosecution or it's indictment or even impeachment and removal, if any of those things happen, then the Department of Justice and Merrick Garland can more easily say, well, our assault on President Trump with the classified documents and the Mar-a-Lago raid that surrounded that whole incident from August of last year, uh, they have a better pretext to say that they are just treating both Biden and Trump fairly under the law, rather than what it genuinely is, which is a political attack on President Trump. And so if they are successful in taking out Joe Biden, then they're basically uh, having you know two birds with one stone because they are taking out the they're taking out Joe Biden, who is a problem for the Democratic Party, but they're doing it under a pretext that would allow them to more easily go after President Trump and say, this isn't political, this is just the law. And the two situations are not at all similar, but that's what the Democrats are positioning this to look like in the media. Now, you've also tweeted recently that the Democrats might run someone else in 2024. Who do you think the top contenders are? Well, you know, that's anyone's guess, but looking at the not-so-wide bench that the Democrats have, they don't have a lot of people uh, that really could come to the fore. Uh, certainly, Vice President Kamala Harris is uh, has just been utterly utterly a failure for the Democrat Party as much as they've tried to promote her as the diversity hire and pick. So uh, my money is on either Michelle Obama or um, Gavin Newsom, the governor, of course, of California. Now, both of those have said that they don't have any plans to run for president in 2024, but that, of course, could change at any moment. And they are widely popular with the Democrat Party, uh, especially someone like Michelle Obama. Now, coming back to Biden's chief of staff, the president's former COVID czar, Jeff Zients, is reportedly expected to replace Klain. What do you make of this potential appointment? Well, I think a lot of people are focusing on the fact that he was the former COVID czar, and does this mean that we are going to see an increase in potential mandates and the uh, the pretext and the narrative around COVID? But I, what I think is uh, more interesting to point out is that Zients was also part of the Obama administration. And so this is yet another person that had ties and close ties and still has ties to the Obama administration that is now coming in. And will he do the bidding of Barack Obama and the DNC uh, more so than 
than the person that he allegedly serves at the pleasure of, which is the sitting president of the United States. Well, that's why I think he has been selected. It's all infiltration from the Obama administration and his third term instead of genuinely serving Joe Biden, which I don't feel sorry for Joe Biden, but I do think that the American people need to focus way more on the fact that we have former Obama officials that are running the show instead of people who are genuinely Biden's picks. All right, Jenna Ellis, Epic Times contributor, former senior advisor and counsel to President Trump and constitutional attorney. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks so much. Three members of the Oath Keepers and a fourth person associated with the group were convicted of seditious conspiracy by a Washington, D.C. jury today. The four men were accused of plotting to stop Joe Biden from being certified as the winner of the 2020 presidential race and breaching the U.S. Capitol on January 6, 2021. The judge said a sentencing date was not set. All four defendants are now under house arrest until they're sentenced. And on Capitol Hill, Democratic leadership has nominated high-profile representatives Eric Swalwell and Adam Schiff to serve again on the House Intel Committee, despite Speaker Kevin McCarthy's promise to reject them. McCarthy, meanwhile, defended seating certain Republican members like George Santos, Marjorie Taylor Greene and Paul Gosar on other committees. NTD's Melina Weiskup reports. The stage is officially set for a showdown over committee assignments on Capitol Hill. Democrat leader Hakeem Jeffries has officially nominated ranking member Adam Schiff and Representative Eric Swalwell to the Intel Committee. Both of these Democrats McCarthy has long vowed to remove from the Intel Committee. Both of them were uh, played key, key leadership roles during the Trump impeachment trials. And uh, Speaker McCarthy says the reason why he wants to remove Schiff from the Intel Committee is because he accuses Schiff of lying to the American people during those impeachment trials. Now, as for Swalwell, here's McCarthy. If you got the briefing I got from the FBI, you wouldn't have Swalwell on any committee. And you're going to tell me other Democrats couldn't fill that slot? He cannot get a security clearance in the private sector. So would you like to give him a government clearance? These two Democrats can be directly rejected by House Speaker McCarthy because of the nature of the Intel Committee. But another Democrat, Representative Ilhan Omar, whom McCarthy is trying to remove from the Foreign Affairs Committee, that removal will take a full floor vote. Some Democrats have said this is an act of revenge from McCarthy as a response to Democrats' removal of Representatives Marjorie Taylor Greene and Paul Gosar from committees during last Congress. Democrat Leader Jeffries points out in his letter to McCarthy that removing those two Republican members was bipartisan, with 11 Republicans backing Greene's removal and just two backing Gosar's. These two members have been reinstated to their committees, some questioning the GOP's appointments. In addition, Republicans are being scrutinized for allowing George Santos to sit on committees. Democrat Leader Jeffries calling him a serial fraudster and telling McCarthy that the appointment of Santos, while denying certain Democrat seats, is a double standard. Santos will remain on his committees while legal proceedings play out. Reporting in Washington, D.C., Melina Weiskup, NTD News. On the 50th anniversary of the landmark abortion case Roe v. Wade, a group of pro-abortion protesters gathered outside the home of Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh in Maryland. It's believed the march was organized by the group known as Our Rights DC. The group tweeted a poster inviting members to participate in the march and to attend a fundraiser concert for the DC Abortion Fund. As they marched, the group chanted things like, quote, 
cut his time short. A rapist should not rule the court. And, quote, no privacy for us, no peace for you. And the mayors of America's largest cities all say they're concerned about the same thing, public safety. They also say the federal government should find a solution to the border crisis. For the first time, America's four largest cities, New York, L.A., Chicago, and Houston, are all led by black mayors. Three of those four Democrat mayors joined an ABC interview that aired on Sunday. The three of them say their cities are facing the same issues. What is, the, in your view, the number one issue facing your city? Public safety. Public safety. <laughs> Prerequisite to prosperity, uh, the economy, inflation, all of that ties to people must be safe. Ah, right. Uh, in Los Angeles, without a doubt, it's homelessness, but it's the intersection of income inequality and also public safety. And I would agree with that. I mean, public safety uh, is a top priority. Houston's mayor indicated that communities of color are underserved, which he says affects public safety. The mayor of L.A. hinted at the need for more funding for police academies so they can teach cadets how to handle situations with homeless people. New York City Mayor Eric Adams previously criticized changes to the criminal justice system or so-called bail reform, which many say led to a rise in crime. Our criminal justice system is insane. It is dangerous, it is harmful, and it's destroying the fabric of our city. Also over the weekend in the Big Apple, police reportedly released a group of teenagers without pressing charges after they allegedly beat up a subway passenger. A weatherman for Fox News says he was riding the subway when a group of teens were smoking marijuana on the train and harassing an elderly man. 37-year-old Adam Klotz reported they all attacked him when he told them to leave the elderly man alone. Videos of him talking about the incident are now circulating on social media. They had me on the ground. Like my ribs are all kind of bruised up, too. They, they, got, they got their hits in. The New York Post reports that police can't press charges due to the ages of the suspects. Authorities said the victim has to file a complaint first. During Sunday's ABC interview, the three mayors also talked about the immigration crisis. This is a national problem, and our national government, Congress, and the White House must do a long-term comprehensive immigration policy, but the White House must deal with the immediate emergency we have now. Fox News on Sunday cited federal sources who report 1.2 million illegal immigrants have escaped authorities under the Biden administration so far. Reporting by Arian Pazdar, NTD News. The FDA wants to make COVID-19 vaccination like getting a flu shot. The agency hopes to turn the COVID vaccine into a single annual shot. Currently, most adults are given two shots spaced about three weeks apart, followed by a booster a few months later. The FDA's plan is to assess which strains are circulating in June and then prepare the vaccine dose for the fall. If the plan is approved, the FDA would move forward using Pfizer's and Moderna's vaccines. Their shots were developed to target the Omicron and original variants. The single-shot annual regimen against COVID-19 is expected to streamline vaccine development. It could also speed up the rate of people receiving the vaccine. There are a growing number of physicians and organizations raising concerns over the efficacy and side effects of COVID-19 vaccinations. And if you have any news tips or feedback for our show, you can email us at eveningnews at ntd.com. Coming up, protesters in Belgium urge the EU to send German-made tanks to Ukraine. Poland already has plans to send them, but will Germany consent? And at the Australian Open, a feat not seen in more than two decades as the U.S. looks for its first Grand Slam champion since Andy Roddick. That and more coming up.
protesters gathered outside an EU meeting in Belgium today. They urged foreign ministers to send German-made tanks to Kyiv. Poland said it's ready to send them. NTD's Arlene Richards has more. Stop discussions. Start making decisions. Start making positive decisions towards Ukraine. Protesters gathered outside of an EU foreign minister's meeting in Belgium on Monday morning. They called for Europe to supply tanks to Kyiv. And we're here to first ask for more weapons to Germany personally for, Le- for Leopards. Ukraine has requested heavy battle tanks in preparation for an expected ground attack from Russia in the coming months. The U.S. and other allies have pushed Germany to provide its Leopard 2 tanks. Ukraine believes the German-made tanks are crucial to fending off Russian forces. Fifteen countries already have these tanks. They need Germany's consent before they can send them. But Poland says it's ready to send them now. Even if we do not get this consent in the end, as part of a small coalition, even if the Germans would not be in this coalition, we will still hand over our tanks together with others to Ukraine. Poland has been pushing for countries who have German-made leopards to send them to Ukraine, even if Germany doesn't agree. Its prime minister says they will ask Germany again for consent. Meanwhile, Germany isn't ready to approve. Germany's defense minister said the tanks are necessary for a Ukraine offense, but cautions against making a hasty move. He stressed the need for a closely coordinated effort. Germany's foreign minister announced Sunday they won't stop Poland. At the meeting, the EU did agree to allocate another $542 million for military aid for Ukraine. Hungary didn't approve of the package but won't stand in the EU's way. In response to the latest developments, Russia again warns of stronger retaliation. A top Russian official threatened Europe and the U.S. in a statement posted on social media Sunday. He said given the technological superiority of Russian weapons, politicians making such decisions need to understand that this could end in a global tragedy. He included the possibility of using nuclear weapons. Arlene Richards, NTD News. And now over to sports news. Here's NTD's Dave Martin with today's top stories. Thank you, Steph. The Purdue Boilermakers are yet again the top team in the country. The Big Ten power featuring 7'4 big man Zach Eady moved up from third this week to claim the top spot for the fifth time this season. They're followed in the polls by Alabama, former number one Houston, Tennessee, and Kansas State. The Wildcats beat in-state rival KU last week to move up eight spots to fifth, their highest ranking in a dozen years. The Jayhawks, meanwhile, followed that up with a blowout home loss to TCU. They dropped seven spots to number nine. The rest of the top ten featured Arizona at six, followed by Virginia and UCLA with Texas at ten. And in the NFL, Cowboys running back Tony Pollard suffered a broken leg in last night's loss to San Francisco according to ESPN. Pollard left the game in the second quarter after his ankle appeared to bend awkwardly while being tackled. The 25-year-old had to be helped off the field and was taken in for x-rays. Pollard was a Pro Bowl selection this year after rushing for more than 1,000 yards. He's set to be a free agent in the offseason. Meanwhile, at the Australian Open, the men's draw is down to eight players, and for the first time since 2000, three of them are Americans. Sebastian Korda, Tommy Paul, and 20-year-old Ben Shelton all made the quarterfinals with Paul and Shelton out to square off. 
It's the first time since Pete Sampras, Chris Woodruff, and Audrey Agassi reached this point 23 years ago, with Agassi claiming the title. No American man, though, has won a Grand Slam title since Andy Roddick won the U.S. Open back in 2003. And for your sports viewing schedule tonight, the NBA has seven games on tap, featuring the Boston Celtics with the league's best record playing at Orlando. And finally, for you hockey fans, the NHL has a quadruple header on tap for tonight, including the top team in the West, the Dallas Stars, hosting the Buffalo Sabres. And that's all for your sports news. Back to you, Steph. Thanks, Dave. And that's all for today's news. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Stephanie Cox. Good night.